Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Es Fede Valverde. Dentro al área despejaba Deleca y a Modric el disparo. Es una leyenda. años, aumenta la cifra en el documento nacional de identidad. Hello everyone and welcome to La Liga Lowdown, your regular Monday podcast after match day 26 in La Liga. Left us with some fascinating results and some goals pretty much everywhere and um, some quite intriguing moments also in the weekend. We'll get on to all of that. I'm your host Matt Clark, delighted to be joined by Paco Pollitt. Um, Paco, firstly, we, we should say um, there was only eight mm-hmm. games so far this weekend because uh, Valencia asked for their game at Granada to be postponed, um, as did Levante, following the, the tragedy that occurred in Valencia the other day. Yeah, obviously, and we already have, for example, uh, the, the following schedule for that Granada-Valencia game, which will take place on April 4th. Uh, we don't have uh, the the time of the game yet, but it will eventually be known in the following days. And yes, obviously this this show and, and tonight's uh, recap of the of match day 26 uh, must be uh, dedicated and in honor of the uh, 10 people deceased uh, last uh, Thursday in that horrific fire in the city of Valencia. I think it's uh, already named, and it's true, the, the the worst city ever in the in the you know, in the urban environment of the city of, of Valencia. And uh, obviously both Valencia, Levante and most of the professional sites in the city uh, managed to, to ask and postpone their, their games because uh, three days of, of mourning were, were declared. And, you know, things will once again pick up speed uh, from Monday onwards. But, but the, the last few days have been quite quite sad over at the city and obviously we want to also uh, from from La Liga Lowdown and from all of our newsroom want to deliver our, our respects to the to those who, who passed away last Thursday. Yeah, all of our thoughts with those affected by those tragic circumstances. Um, back on Sunday night at the Bernabeu, Sergio Ramos was making his return to hmm. Real Madrid uh, for the first time as an opposition player um, and uh, 
it was looked like he was heading for a clean sheet, but in the end, it was uh, El Maestro Luka Modric who uh, provided the, the only and the winning goal. Yes, I think that um, Sevilla's main goal was trying to park the bus since minutes one. Uh, when they set foot over at the at the Santiago Bernabeu, at least that was Kike Sanchez Flores' uh, main target, and they actually did a pretty decent job until around the 80th minute when Luka Modric uh, took advantage of that uh, loose ball uh, outside of the of the box and and scored an an immaculate strike to give that uh, Real Madrid opener and ultimately to win the three points. Even though I think that Real Madrid didn't have their best night overall. Uh, many things happened throughout the game. Uh, Sevilla obviously were more, much more focused on, on defending their, their own box rather than trying to have more more chances of, of scoring and actually checking out the, the stats of the game. Uh, Sevilla only had one shot on target in the whole game, uh, whereas Real Madrid had six. Even though, you know, uh, I think it was a rough game overall for, for Real Madrid. They... they a bit rougher on the edges. They weren't as polished as in in other performances, and I don't believe that Ancelotti was was too happy about the the game that they did play. But ultimately, they got the job done. Plus three for them. They managed to stretch even further their advantage, pending what happens this this Monday with Girona's game. And yeah, overall, um, I think we should speak about the referee stuff, right? Because that was mm. quite weird. With uh, the main referee of the of the game, uh, Diaz de Mera, who got injured uh, mid second half, and suddenly Carlos Fernandez Buergo, who is a referee from the third tier from Primera Federación, he had to make his debut, only 29 years old, and uh, be the the one in charge of the of the pending 30 minutes of the of the game. He did have a controversial call to make in Real Madrid's goal because before Luka Modric's strike there was a, a cross uh, onto the box and it seemed that uh, uh, Rudiger was in an offside position and he could have had some sort of influence in Sevilla's defense deflecting the ball but ultimately he decided to just don't get involved in in, in stuff and uh, you know not uh, take a part on on if uh, Modric's goal was legal or not so ultimately that that goal allowed Real Madrid to win the game and we had that uh, I would say weird uh, incident involving the the main referee something which by the way has happened quite a lot this this weekend it, it never happens and this weekend it happened twice in in, in La Liga's grounds mm. We'll get on to the second one in a few moments. But uh, yeah, it was a strangely kind of... The Bernabas seemed very frustrated throughout the game. Uh, there was an early goal from Lucas Vasquez, also disallowed for a, a prior foul on Yusuf Nassiri. And um, Carlo Ancelotti was even booked. So even he lost his temper a little bit in those early moments. So it was um, quite a strange atmosphere in many ways. Uh, what did you make of the reception Sergio Ramos received? I think it was um, great to see uh, Real Madrid's fans, uh, you know, uh, welcoming back. Uh, one of their biggest legends ever and by the way I think that after this game um, he has overtaken Sergio Ramos I mean he has overtaken Manolo Sanchez as the uh, defender with most games played in La Liga mm. which is already a uh, mind-blowing feat and you know a stat that is I think in the next few decades never going to be surpassed by, by a single player so uh, in that sense, uh, the welcome to, to Ramos was well deserved, and you could see that this guy, the you know the player, was very, very emotional throughout the game. He uh, was choking up in the in the minutes before the the kickoff, 
And after the game, you know, uh, hugging everyone, uh, shaking hands with everyone. Everyone loves him over there at the Bernabeu. And yeah, I think it was a, a very nice uh, picture to, to be taken from both Real Madrid and from Real Madrid's fan base towards Sergio Ramos. Mm. He didn't even get yellow card. I'm, I'm disappointed in Sergio. <laughs> Well, as you say, the, the gap at the top is now eight points and the team in second is currently FC Barcelona because they they often struggle against Getafe in recent hmm. recent times, but uh, not the case on Saturday. They had a, a very comfortable 4-0 win over Borrelas' men in Montjuic. Yeah, I was quite disappointed by Getafe's, uh, you know, setup of the game because I think that their uh, pressing high idea from the beginning, from the get-go, wasn't really the best towards this uh, you know flexible Barca who are able to just uh, you know whenever they have that kind of pressure upon them just uh, follow through with long balls they, they did exactly that in the first goal scored by by Rafinha and that kind of I don't know that kind of uh, solving math solving problem by Xavi I think it surprised Getafe they expected Barca to always you know try uh, playing the ball from the back and build up the the the, the plays from up from the ground, but they didn't do that. Uh, once they seemed uh, pressed uh, by by Getafe's players, they played the long ball without a problem, and that actually uh, made Getafe to to struggle throughout the the game. That first opener by by Rafinha was was clinical. The way uh, he punished Getafe. Uh, mid first half and later in the second half they they were able to to kill it with uh, Joao Felix finishing with De Jong and Fermin uh, with that one on one by uh, Tigrino by Vitor Roque he did he did miss against David Soria but Fermin was very quick to to catch the rebound and score the fourth overall um, Barca were better both in uh, clinical finishing and uh, overall aggressiveness towards the goal. And Getafe tried to be aggressive uh, from the ground up and it didn't work out for them. Yes, Barca's biggest win since September pretty much in terms of uh, scoreline. So they move up to second for now. Girona will overtake them if they get something against Rayo on Monday night. Um, well, as we spoke about in the midweek pod with Ben, one of the most attractive games of the weekend proved to be an enjoyable one. Real Betis taking on Athletic Club. We must mention Betis, their disappointing European campaign as well because... They headed to Zagreb on Thursday knowing they had to win to overturn that first leg deficit. And uh, they went ahead through Cedric Bakambu, but then they conceded in the second half and uh, went out 2 on an aggregate. So having dropped out of the Europa League, they're already out of the Conference League too. So a disappointing European campaign for them. Pellegrini was criticised, but boy, did they bounce back on Sunday with a, a fantastic win over high-flying Athletic. Yes, and I think that there are a number of, of issues plaguing Athletic Club in this game. First up, I think that the level of intensity wasn't up to par with what they have been showing lately. Uh, I believe, correct me if I'm not, if I'm not that uh, Athletic Club played last Monday, so they've had less days to yep. to rest throughout the the week. But at the same time, Betis did play in Europe, so. Thursday. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. they have no excuse. But I, I did see a, a little bit of fatigue on 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 Athletic Club, and throughout the first half, I think it was pretty much balanced. But uh, again, you know, single uh, issues 
I think uh, were able to to affect negatively uh, Los Leones. First up, uh, with Jimmy Avila scoring his first goal on the 12th minute, his first, as I said, as uh, a Real Betis player, typical Jimmy Avila finish. You know, uh, being able to to overtake his his defender and and later with Yuri with that unlucky. Uh, uh, own goal, which uh, you know made things much easier for for Betis, and then with two nil up, Betis were suddenly one man up because uh, Nico Williams did, and you know I, I, I don't know which word to use. He was foolish, he was reckless. I would say he was stupid enough to uh, clap uh, at the referee's face. I would say after uh, being booked, and the referee had no doubts on, on sending him off, mm. whereas the same referee has had doubts in the past with other players playing for Barca or Real Madrid. Nico Williams learned a hard truth in, in La Liga that um, if you don't respect the referee when your shirt isn't Real Madrid or Barca or even Athletic, uh, Atletico Madrid, you might get sent off very, very quickly in a heartbeat. So one man down... Um, you know, Athletic Club clinged to the game with that uh, Guruzeta set piece to, to finish the first half. But in the second one, Betis were far superior. They had control of the ball. They had ball possession. They had the chances. And ultimately, Johnny Cardoso was in charge of scoring the third one. By the way, a golazo, you know, a massive strike. He's a player. Yeah. He's a player. Yeah, a spectacular strike to, to finish the game through one. Massive win for Betis, who were... As you said, uh, trying to keep afloat in a sea of doubts after their uh, knocking out of, of European competitions. And, and suddenly they have uh, new heights to, to rise and new goals to, to try to achieve because they are sixth now, uh, 42 points, only seven away from Athletic Club after beating them and 10 away from Champions League. I see Betis at this point not being... Uh, as consistent enough to fight for such uh, targets. But again, mm. we've seen Betis at the past and with no kind of pressure, with their squad more or less in line, with Chimi Avila as the addition in January, only one game per week. I don't know. Let's see what happens with Betis because they could easily be the, the outsider in this final stretch of the league. Indeed. And with Pellegrini in charge, very much uh, an experienced pair of hands to navigate the remaining 12 matches. So yeah, as you say, they move up to sixth ahead of Real Sociedad. We'll touch on them in a moment. But it was interesting, wasn't it? The the discussion about the, the red card and, and coming in the same week that the Sevilla president kind of um, called out against the big two in terms of, of, of the way they hmm. he wants them to lead the league with with uh, in a better way, shall we say? Yeah. Um, two things to say about this. The first one is that uh, I wouldn't uh, touch upon this this subject. Sevilla did actually come out with an official statement. Uh, you know pointing the fi their finger at Real Madrid and their official TV station for the way they are uh, pressuring every single referee in their games with, uh, you know, uh, video footage and reports and, you know, that kind of pressure which it's unprecedented, unprecedented. like any other side, no other side in La Liga do what Real Madrid do w with their TV station. Uh, the kind of you know, mounting pressure on the on the referees which are going to uh, be in charge of their games their weekend. It's something that La Liga should definitely take action, and they don't. They do. They do not since uh, forever. So it seems like uh, teams have gotten enough of it, and, and at least Sevilla were the ones to just uh, you know, as I said earlier, point their finger at at this uh, issue. And the other thing that we didn't uh, mention is that. Obviously, in that Betis Athletic Club, we did see the mm. other 
strange situation of the weekend with uh, Guadalupe Porras, which is uh, the woman referee uh, in charge of assisting the main referee in this game. She suffered an accident in the sidelines when, when trying to follow one of the plays uh, and, he and she collided into a cameraman. And mm -hmm. she actually took quite a lot of damage in, in her face with blood and, and, yeah, a big wound. And definitely, I think that the TV stations and the people in charge of in La Liga and the people in charge of the game, remember that they are game officials in every single game in, in top flight in, in Spain, things should change. You know, this kind of freak accident shouldn't happen. And obviously, our, our best wishes to, to Guadalupe Porras because... She just didn't see coming. She was following the play as she should do because that's her, her job. And she crashed into the, you know, the, the cameraman station who was also following the play. So someone didn't do his or her job properly uh, this weekend in El Benito Millamarín. Indeed, but uh, Betis certainly did their job properly. They beat Athletic. And that's four games on the road without a win now for Valverde's side. The defeat at Valencia and the two draws at Cadiz and Almeria. So as good as they are at home, they are stuttering a little bit on the road. Um, let's let's do one more game before the break. And let's, yeah, let's do Real Sociedad because their home form is quite the opposite of their Basque neighbours because they haven't won at home in the league since uh, November. And on Friday night, they took on Marcelino's Villarreal, um, fresh from the Europa League draw, which would see them go back to Marseille where Marcelino began the season as coach. Uh, and Villarreal produced a, a stunning performance here to um, to sweep away with three points and three goals. Santi Comesaña in particular was was fantastic. Yes, and actually, if you check out the the stats of the game, you would have been uh, incredibly impressed about the the outcome and and Villarreal being so comfortable with this with this scoreline. But um, the truth is that the whole game went according to Marcelino's plan, and that whenever he has the chance of uh, you know, molding his current squad, in this case Villarreal, into what he really wants from them, which is this kind of, uh, you know, very tight at the back, defending attitude, but the uh, aggressiveness to go on the counter, to go on the break, very, very aggressively, directly, with quality players as Villarreal do have, they become a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, Real Sociedad have been... Uh, stumbling here and there in the last few weeks. Their their form isn't uh, up to par with the level of quality that we've come to expect from them. And they were totally overrun by <clears throat> by Villarreal throughout the game, especially in the in the second half. Uh, as you said, Comesaña was the star of the show for for his team with the with the opener uh, mid first half, and later uh, taking advantage and, and scoring the second one with that two nil up for for Villarreal. They had. You know, uh, plenty of reasons to feast upon Real Sociedad, who were trying to get to be a Real's uh, box and trying to generate chances. They had eight shots on target, only one goal scored by Mikel Merino in the in the last few minutes of the game, taking advantage of a rebound inside the box. But again, Villarreal, whenever they had the chance of killing them, they did. Uh, and Alexander Sorloth with an excellent assist, they have to say it. Uh, he did have a massive game overall, even though he didn't score. Uh, Gonzalo Guedes, he has become the kind of differential player that Villarreal really needed and which other teams like, for example, Valencia are sorely missing. And Guedes with that um, amazing assist with a header uh, to Alexander Sorloth, he was able to score the third. So overall, big, big win for Villarreal, who are definitely, I think, forgetting their their concerns regarding the 
the back of the you know the bottom half of the of the table they are already with 29 points plus 11 on the relegation zone and watch out for them because of their current form they haven't lost in the last five they actually won two and mm. uh drew other three games so that's nine points out of the last out of the last uh, 15 and they are same points as alaves who have been you know uh navigating those uh, calm relaxed waters of the mid table the whole season they are only four away from osasuna five away from getafe only seven away from valencia and if you actually check out the you know marcelino's track record whenever uh, you have the the second leg of a of a league with Villarreal with 29 points and 13 away from europe i've seen uh Marcelino um, undertake even harder uh, and most difficult challenges and he has succeeded. So I wouldn't mm. at this point with, uh, I believe it's 12 to 13, depending on, on the team, with 12 games to go, I wouldn't take out Villarreal from the European uh, race equation, mm. at least not yet. Oh, interesting. Fans of the Yellow Submarine will be delighted to hear you say that, Paco. We do have to go to a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the rest of the games, including a big one at the bottom and another disappointing uh, result for Atletico on the road. Stay with us. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Viera, buen balón para Luca. Luca. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. We spoke about that Atletico slip up on the road yet again. And uh, this time it was at basement dwelling Almeria. They had a fantastic start with Angel Correa opening the scoring very early. And they led twice in the game. 
But uh, it was a familiar face you may remember from a few yeah. seasons ago who drew, drew Almeria level, Luca Romero, getting them a point, and they could have even won it at the end. Um, so another draw for Almeria, which obviously won't help them too much. Uh, still winless, but Atleti, this is a, a big chance missed to uh, consolidate your top four spot. Yeah, these kind of uh, you know topics often uh, deliver the goods for long-time listeners. You know, and people who might have been uh, sticking with us since uh, the beginning of La Liga Lowdown uh, back in 2018. I remember March 2018 when we kick-started we kick this project with the podcast and our articles and our Twitter feed and so on, our, uh, all of our media and our interviews, by the way, which you can check out in, in our YouTube channel. They might remember that in our second, third season, second season, like if this were a TV show, there was this guy coming from, you know, the the youth academy of Real Mallorca named Luca Romero, who was uh, half Mexican, half Argentinian, and his uh, big breakthrough came with only 16 ye 15 years, I remember. It was one of the news mm. items of the season, you know, the, this wonder kid being able to, you know, uh, push his way through the ranks and play with the top level players on the on the top flight in our, in our league. You know, Four years passed and uh, we never heard from Luca Romero again. And suddenly he's back on our radar because he's back this season playing for Almeria. And he had a massive performance against Atletico. Like uh, chosen player-like performance because of the way he just single-handedly was able to, uh, you know, take Atletico down uh, by submission. His second goal is, uh, as we say in Spanish, un absoluto escándalo. It was Amazing the way he finished with his left foot uh, exterior part of the of the of the foot finishing and and you know the keeper all black was just seeing the ball go through pass through him and he couldn't believe the way he he did it so overall Luca Romero was as I said the, the, the real highlight the real treat of this game where once again Almeria showed that they have a better squad that their numbers say. They have a better mm -hmm. team than their numbers yeah. say. But again, we are on the 26th match day and they haven't won a single game, which is on their way to an all-time uh, record in, in La Liga. So it's actually amazing that Almeria, being bottom of the league, no wins whatsoever this season, managed to hold uh, Atletico, uh, you know, um, in many ways, hold down them in, in many ways and level them after Atletico becoming, you know, um, scoring the first one, as you said, Correa, later Rodrigo De Paul with the finish. Uh, they seem to be under bound to win this game. It was an easy plus three for them, at least on paper. But Almeria showed their fighting spirit, massive effort by them with those Luca Romero two goals uh, with his brace. But again, no wins for Almeria. So ultimately, the stats are going to show that after 26 games, they haven't won a single one. They haven't. But what they have done is take points off Betis, uh, Girona, Athletic, and now Atletico. So bizarrely, they're, they're almost finding it easier to, to play and at least draw against the bigger teams. Less pressure, I'm, I, I believe, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, with many... Uh, changes and switches and, and and people being sacked on their bench and so on and people coming new new and trying to new to do new things overall i think that their squad should be at least fighting for salvation and not be as doomed as they currently are because let's face it almeria with nine points they are actually only nine away no uh, 13 away from from salvation but you know if you haven't won a single game nine draws 17 defeats so far you are as as good as 
as doomed, I, I would say. Yeah, pretty brutal for them, but uh, credit on this particular result. All four goals in the game scored by Argentinians. Um, the big six-pointer uh, in the relegation clash was 17th place Delta taking on 18th place Cadiz away at the uh, <laughs> away in Cadiz, although you would be surprised to know it looking at the kit that Cadiz played in, not their usual yellow. Packer, maybe you can explain that in a second. Only three points separated the two teams, so you always felt that if Delta could win, it'd be a big gap, whereas if Cadiz could win, it would be all to play for. And in the end, I mean, it was dramatic, but uh, the points were shared. Yeah, the spoils were were shared, and um, I believe that Cadiz wanted to change their their uh, usual kit because they were going to show a special kit uh, dedicated uh, in homage to the sea. By the way, um, you know, taking advantage of. Uh, this kind of tradition being made by, by Cadiz in the last few seasons. They have always, uh, you know, uh, launched a new a new kit in, in February. Uh, same schedule, by the way, as their carnivals, which are uh, world famous. And yeah, as they were using a, a bright uh, sky blue color, uh, Celta, who were the ones, you know, coming over, they had to change their own their own kit and they had to use the second one. So they're they're away one. So yeah, uh, quite quite weird in that sense. And regarding the the game, it was pretty uh, eventful and feisty in many ways, and once again showed that Celta don't really know how to close games when they have everything in their favor. To, for example, in this case, I think it would be killed the the whole um, relegation race. I think that uh, they had the chance of delivering a, a massive yep. blow in this race for for salvation with that Aspas opener. Later Schwedberg with the with the second one in the 16th minute, only half half an hour to go. But Pellegrino has been able to infuse that kind of fighting spirit to to Cadiz, and they were able to deliver an incredible comeback. First with that Juan Miguel, and later we have to speak about oh, this Golazzo. Darwin Machis. Best goal of the weekend, yeah. and we did have quite a few. The Modric one, Luca Romero one, but the best one was Darwin Machis. Definitely, because for people who didn't see or the replay or, or the game itself, it's a corner kick. He was the one in charge of taking the corner kick. The ball got deflected from the box, and he just got to run diagonally on the way to his own box, to his own uh, half of the, of the ground, and he delivered a strike from outside the box. The way the ball combed, into the corner, first touch, so difficult to score that goal, and Darwin Machis just sent the, the whole no Mirandi into a frenzy because this is the kind of goals who uh, infuse life and breathing air to, to a team who is uh, flailing and, and you know suffering as much as, as Cadiz are. So yeah, Cadiz are alive, they have been able to survive for another to fight another day, and as I said, uh, if Celta had won, it would be plus six over the relegation zone for them. So quite a bit of, you know, uh, more relaxed mood in the following weeks. But this Darwin Machis, uh, amazing, amazing strike, sent things again into into Celta's uh, only plus three meager advantage, which is not enough for Rafa Benitez, man. Yeah, once again, just as you say, struggling to close out games and for Celta, they just cannot pull themselves away from that drop zone. Aspas was damning, by the way, his mm. post-game statements again saying that they make mistakes which are just, which don't belong to a Primera División team. And, and mm. that kind of assessment is harsh, but again, very, very true. 
Indeed. And uh, for Cali to score any goal would have been good for them. But to score two, including that Golazzo, was very welcome. Felta's next game, by the way, Friday night, they take on Almeria. So that is an absolute must win for Rafa Benitez. Uh, two more games to quickly tell you about before we run out of time, listeners. We had Las Palmas 1, Osasuna 1. And we also had the same result at Mendizorza between Alaves and Mallorca. So Paco, pick the bones out of those two if you can. Well, regarding the the Alaves game, I think it was a very cagey game overall. Only one shot on target by Alaves. It was Carlos Benavides' opening strike for them uh, late in the se- second half. But I think Mallorca deserved more. They deserve they deserve much more than the than the draw. They were the the, the servers of the of the plus three, and they were unable to do that because they are failing to to score. It, it's been their their big problem this this season uh, because Murici is not enough. They they need much more to to they miss they sorely miss Kanyili obviously, and mm. he's become by the way a powerhouse on his own whenever he plays for. PSG, but but yeah, that's uh, in the past already. And Mallorca had more chances. They had uh, overall more ball possession, even though ultimately the, the numbers favor Alaves. They had more shots on target, but only Nastasic late in the game was able to to score the 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 leveler for them. So uh, overall, the the spoils were shared, and I think that both were or less. More or less happy with the with the outcome because if you check out the yeah. the standings I spoke earlier about Alaves, I think they are um, the kind of uh, overperformer of the season alongside quite a few other sides like Las Palmas. We're going to touch upon them in a few seconds. Valencia, uh, Getafe, but Alaves should be right there. I think Luis García Plaza is doing a, a remarkable job this season with the squad that he actually has. Twenty nine points plus uh, eleven over uh, the relegation zone. So. Uh, mad props for for Alaves. Whereas for the other the other game, uh, it was a fun one to 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 enjoy, and uh, yeah, a, a, a clash of of styles. If you if you want to mm. speak about that, because Las Palmas is much more you know flair like. They they favor ball possession. They favor uh, the build up from 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 the back. They favor having chances. And actually, they had three quarters of the game. They had the ball on their feet. But again, Osasuna is a resilient, tough side. I was not going to say another thing, but that doesn't belong. In, <laughs> we should keep keep things like a resilient, tough. Uh, what it follows, show, okay? And, and their, their, yeah, their resilience shows in in games like this. This one, for example, Ante Budimir, he he finished the night over at the at the ER, uh, the hospital, because of a, of a big blow delivered to his head in a in a in an aerial ball in the 90th minute and. He he took the, the the blow very seriously, and that's why he he got carried away by the the ambulance. And yeah, Unai Garcia, mad goal by mm. Unai Garcia. By the way, his finish was was beautiful, but again, I think not as good as Darwin Machis. And the Kylian Rodriguez again with another amazing volley. Both go- both goals were volleys, and both goals were were brilliant to watch. Very very overall very aesthetically pleasing. So Unai scored, Kirian leveled only three minutes later. Again, uh, points shared by these two sides and overall their seasons. Uh, maybe Osasuna fans expect more from their side. But again, I've, I've listened to, to Braulio Vázquez, their sports director lately. And I think that Osasuna have been performing so well in the last few seasons that Maybe their own fan base is getting mm. used to uh, caviar, mm. okay? And they should be ready to to understand that Osasuna don't 
doesn't really have or don't really have uh, a squad to fight for Europe every single year. Maybe things go their way like last season and, and they are able to do so and, and squeeze into that seventh place and so on. But uh, Osasuna this season, 33 points in a mid-table position, very calm, very uh, consistent overall. Uh, that's their place. And I think they should be happy with the way they are playing. Whereas for Las Palmas, uh, they are overachieving and possibly the team which is impressing the most alongside their, their manager, Luis Garcia Pimienta. So, yeah, things are looking up for, for Las Palmas and their fan base. And I'm happy for them because that kind of play style is always very, very attractive for the, for the viewers. It certainly is. And we always enjoy watching them play. Well, that's the weekend, listeners. Uh, Monday night sees Girona host Rayo in what should be a, another fun one to watch. And then the weekend, sorry, the midweek games that are coming this week, it's very big. It's the Copa del Rey semi-final second legs. Tuesday, Real Sociedad hosting Mallorca 0-0 from the first leg. And then on Thursday, Athletic Club with a two, sorry, with a 1-0 lead over Atleti as they go to San Mamed. So advantage, you would think, for Athletic. Uh, we'll be back in midweek to review that. But in order to listen to that, listeners, you will have to upgrade, Paco. Yes, you guys, you have to upgrade because in that special midweek episode, we'll cover everything regarding that Mitchell against Rayo Vallecano, Mitchell against Inigo Perez, which is going to be amazing. Also, as uh, Matt said, uh, the whole Copa del Rey shenanigans uh, happening in the next few days. So it's only a fiver a month. You should definitely be able to afford it. So do it and spread the word amongst your fellow mates and, and friends and everyone who enjoys La Liga because it's surely worth it. Thank you very much Paco and thank you for your insights on the show uh, they're brilliant as ever uh, and we'll speak to you again in midweek so enjoy the semi-final second legs should be dramatic, should be fun, always is and we'll speak to you very soon. Adios When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.